Hey, Hungry Homies, today's episode of House of Carbs on the Ringer Podcast Network is brought to you by World Central Kitchen. World Central Kitchen is the not-for-profit, non-governmental organization devoted to providing meals in the wake of natural disasters. Founded in 2010 by DC's own Chef Jose Andres, the whole point is to solve the problem of hunger immediately following a disaster. We are in the middle of a disaster, and the WCK relief team is working across America to safely distribute individually packaged fresh meals in communities that need support. They are now serving tens of thousands of meals daily in some of our biggest cities like New York and Los Angeles, right here in Washington, D.C. They're launching initiatives across America to deliver fresh, hot meals to hospitals and clinics, fighting on the front lines while keeping Local restaurants in business as well with subsidies and grants they're working on. You can directly help the heroes in hospitals and clinics who are fighting for us, and you can help keep your local restaurants alive. Go to theringer.com slash WCK to donate. The Ringer, in a collaboration with World Central Kitchen, we're trying to raise $250,000 if you have the means. It's an unbelievably great and useful cause that helps our hospital heroes, emergency workers, and local restaurants. Please give whatever you can. The money's going directly to World Central Kitchen. It's a charitable donation. Once again, that's theringer.com slash WCK. My hungry homies, my culinary comrades, we've done it. We are back. It's another delicious episode of House of Carbs, the food podcast for the hungry people by the hungry people. I am your hungry host, Joe House. My taste buds, this is another installment of... Our adventures in quarantine media. This is the continuation of the Ringer Pantry Party. We've been getting together with friends and family in the Ringer Network, the Ringer Universe. They're letting us into their kitchens. There's a video component to this. They're giving us tours of their pantries, tours of their kitchens. And today we are in a couple liquor cabinets, my taste buds, my thirsty... I don't know why. We got to come up with something that goes good with Thirsty, Stevie. But look, we're, we are very happy. We have Chris Ryan, Tyler Parker, and the Chief Craig Gaines. They're on this episode. They're very generous with their time, letting us into their homes. Let's all get into that belly with Chris and Tyler and the Chief. Okay, my hungry homies, I am very excited to get into this man's pantry. He is the editorial director at The Ringer, co-host of so many of The Ringer's very best podcasts, like The Watch, Rewatchables, including my current favorite podcast, Music Exists. Oh, thanks, with, House. Yeah, man, with Chuck Klosterman, Chris Ryan, 
Welcome back to House of Carbs. It's been too long, my friend. Way too long, man. I know. We got to do Philadelphia Part 2 one of these days. Yeah, so we had designs. That was supposed to be a 2020 project of ours to get back to Philadelphia. We know uh, the city's food scene has grown leaps and bounds since we were together. I think that was the end of 2018, maybe? Yeah, I think so. I think it was the holidays 2018. Yeah, they, exactly. Well, welcome to uh, the Pantry Party. This is our effort to try and get in touch with what all our friends and family are up to eating-wise now that we're kind of stuck inside of the same four walls. I will say as a nice happenstance coincidence, I enjoyed very much this week the current iteration of the Watch Podcast where you have fully embraced the television show Top Chef. That's right. And and you and Andy Greenwald do a deep dive into your your new uh, fandom. Yes, I am watching multiple seasons of Top Chef at once. I've crushed probably, I've watched three seasons, plus we're keeping up with LA and we just started Kentucky. So in the first place, what took you so long? Man, I don't know, dude. It's the same thing I felt after I started Survivor, where I was like, how has this show not been a part of my week every week for like most of my life? I think it was a part of it, like I said to Andy, which was that like there was just a, a mental block at, at understanding how can I appreciate this if I can't taste it? And, oh. um, you know, some of the earlier seasons, I think, are a little bit more on a kind of refined technique that's still like when I watch Michael Voltaggio cook, it still doesn't feel the same way it did going to ink and tasting that food. But right. when uh, these more recent seasons, Denver and Charleston and watching Brooke cook and watching these other people cook, I feel like you really do get their soul coming out through their cooking, even if you can't quite taste it. I, like you, um, have been... I feel like we we've been granted in a very narrow sense, a very narrow slice, a kind of blessing by seeing folks like Dave Chang and Kenji in this moment doing this is the thing that that you can't get on YouTube. Like it's terrific to have um, the Bon Appetit folks in that beautiful test kitchen and everything. Yeah. But there's something so unique and special feeling about being in a kitchen that's a modest kind of kitchen, a regular kitchen that people live in with Kenji or Dave and seeing how they just make stuff. Dude, my favorite moments on those Kenji videos is when he opens up his fridge and he, uh, you can usually see his hand in the foreground and he's like, ah, uh, and you can see him kind of being like, crap, like the, this cheddar has gone bad. So like, do I have something else? And he kind of like, will pick something up and take a sniff of it and be like, that's okay. We can use this. And it, it's so naturalistic to watch him kind of... And it's a kitchen that I think, you know, it's a nice kitchen, obviously. Right, right, right. Um, but it's like, that fridge looks like a fridge. It looks like it's... Some of it is organized, some of it not so much. And and it, it just kind of looks great. That's that's what's resonating with me. And like, you know, the Bon Appetit episodes, they all have perfect measuring stuff and everything, you know. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's just got a different kind of vibe altogether. I'm not criticizing sure. one versus the other. It's just sure. different. Well, speaking of different, we, we've been eating kind of differently over the, the past month. Yeah. Um, let's kind of set the stage a little bit. Have you typically been a three meal a day kind of person? Uh, it's pretty regimented during the week where I have like the same breakfast and the same lunch every day. And it's not very adventurous. It's usually a piece of toast with almond butter and banana in the morning with my coffee and then sweet green for lunch. Yeah, because you're doing it's fuel. You're doing it's just fuel. Pure, like whatever I can do. I don't want to be weighed down. I just want to get have a little bit of energy. 
Uh, I usually eat pretty early in the morning. I usually have a really early lunch and then I try to go hard at dinner. And my wife and I don't have kids. And one of the things that we just love doing is going out to eat as much as yeah. possible. Um, so we, we, we usually eat out three times a week on average if, and, and, and sometimes push it. Great. So that's, you know, non Q life. Yeah. How is that sort of, uh, changed in the Q life era that we're in right now? So very early on, I, where we live in Los Angeles, there's a couple of supermarkets. They've all been really great about um, stocking and trying to get people in there safely and keep people socially distanced online. Uh, especially, specifically, there's one rest, there's one supermarket here, Gelson's, that has just been doing really the Lord's work in terms of you know senior citizen hours in the morning. And I always feel like they're really t- keep keeping an eye on it. And it's just like it's wild because like it's almost like now the cashiers that you see at, at Gelson's are like your bartenders at your favorite watering hole, like where you're like, Oh yeah, I know you. And I really appreciate like everything you guys are doing just to make sure I can get like paper towels and and Annie's Mac and cheese. But what my wife and I have also been doing is been using the restaurants as groceries. So a bunch of restaurants in our neighborhood uh, have turned into pantries as well to kind of sub, uh, to, to, to supplement their business. And they've been selling dry goods, uh, produce, and also ready to cook or ready to eat versions of what they have on their menu. So they'll do some takeout, but uh, we've been hitting up two places in particular. And anybody who lives or has been to the east side of Los Angeles or the eastern part of Los Angeles probably knows. One is called Homestate, which is a uh, breakfast taco place typically, but have since like more recently, like right before quarantine, had expanded their hours, but have basically turned into like my money spot. So we we hit up Homestate and we get tortillas we get lemons and limes and you can get flour and beans grab a couple tacos for the road you can get six you can get six packs of shiner there yeah so it's been really nice because they have a really great system there and it's been really i think important if you can to try and help out the restaurants that are trying to like change with the times if if you know especially these places that are mom and pop places that need your support. So we've been doing that. And then what's been kind of fun is you grab a couple of things from that place and you grab a couple of things from this place and you wind up almost making a, a monster menu, Frankenstein's menu, because you're starting to be like, okay, well, I got the uh, the tortillas from Homestate, but I got a rotisserie chicken from Kismet. I'm going to make a, a, a gyro, you know? I mean, that's incredible, right? That's a pretty effing good gyro. Yeah, so we just sort of start mixing things up um, we try to like keep it keep it pretty fun at dinner. We've been doing a lot of uh, impossible burgers actually, like because you can grab them, and we've been making cheeseburgers pretty regularly. But trying right. to lay off the red meat as much as possible, like when we, unless it's like something that's like a gift for us. And yeah, pastas, you know, the, the pantry items that you you know they're always in in pretty good supply. Is the ratio of like that ordering in or grabbing stuff um, versus uh, like there's just the make from scratch at home, same ratio uh, as before? Well, you know, it's interesting. And, and I think for a lot of people, this is going to start to become a factor as we head into summer is like our kitchen's pretty hot. So we yep. have a couple of wall units in our apartment and we can keep it pretty cool in here. But we had a heat wave here last week and that really like threw a wrench in it because all of a sudden it's getting high 80s in our kitchen and if you turn the oven on it 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 gets pretty gnarly so that really changed things um we wound up like i think we were cooking almost every night as much to have something to look forward to and then of course you have the cocktail hour around it to kind of give it a little bit of a sense of of ceremony but once it got really hot here we started 
we start <laughs> trying to check for some pizzas. I, I mean, that makes sense. Uh, I, and I'm right there with you. Uh, my own balance. We've been ordering out, you know, we've, we're on, honestly, a bit more of a regimen. I know there are only seven days in a week, but really we've been ordering in four days a week and cooking four days a week. Yeah. And it's, yeah. It's a version of what you described, which is like, we still have some of this leftover from this other meal. It can be repurposed, refashioned, reframed, um, you know, and and grabbing elements of leftovers and pulling them together. So it ends up being, and I, I'm very much motivated by what you described, which is trying to keep our independent restaurants alive, you know, long enough to get through to the other side so we can kind of reestablish something. Yeah. And it almost makes you have, in a strange way, there's a different relationship with the food itself when you know it's coming from kind of like this small sample of like, basically like you're participating in the supply chain at the restaurant level rather than in a supermarket level, which is nothing against supermarkets. Obviously, I'm going to them too. But it's really, really cool that restaurants are kind of like adopting and adapting and and I, it's just seems seems like it's also like it feels almost more uh unique and specific to go and even if you're just getting flour at one of these places it it's kind of awesome to see them just trying to trying to make it work no and I, and and it makes for right now at least for me the Dave Chang podcast such a must listen because I have that, that you know the natural interest in just the, both the food part, but also the food business part and, yeah. you know, the folks that he's having on and the observations that they're making. He had Eddie, Eddie Juan on this week, who's in Taiwan, I believe. Taipei, right? Taipei. Yeah. Part, yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. it. And, and, I mean, an, an incredible story um, and, and, you know, some like glimmer of hope in a way about where we might all end up. At least there's like a path, right? A path coming into potential like view um we're still many weeks out it feels like here yeah i mean obviously it's going to have a lot of a huge impact on how we dine and i'm really curious to know how it's going to change what people cook and and what we eat you know cuz i wonder whether or not any of the processes that are going to be put in place or any of the safe checks or or even just like what we're like what we how we think when we get out on the other side of this or start to are we going to crave different foods? Are we going to crave different preparations? Is there is there going to be a degree of fussiness that we don't want with our food? I, I got to be honest. Does family style eating change? You know, do people want to keep like, hey, this is my plate. That's your plate. Like, let's let's be smart about this and not constantly be putting our hands in the same dish. I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud. But like, I was thinking about that the other day watching Top Chef because they did a family style competition for an elimination challenge, and I was like. I, I, I have not, other than with my wife, I have not passed a dish to someone in a month, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, in a, in a funny way, one of the things I was, you know, observationally telling people where you go through the exercise of how you doing, how you doing, all that kind of thing. I, I made the observation a couple of times, like, I feel like this is the archetypal um, existence of a 1950s housewife. <laughs> You know, this this thing like you wake up super early in the morning, you have a whole set of responsibilities to get through through the course of the day. You also have to put on a smiley face, you know, all of the um, the the inputs that come from different things. But you're stuck in the house all day long and it's in the service of other people. Now, we're all in the service of, of, of each other. Sure. But, you know, the thing that you just mentioned about some of that family eating thing i maybe it will harken back to an era where 
we're cooking. We have to, we're going to cook the whole meal together. We'll be in each other's company during all of that. Then we'll put it all on the table together and then we'll eat it all together. But it won't be what I've been doing my own, you know, and I'm sure you and other folks, if you're getting together with, with people bringing different elements in from other places or just buying the whole thing from somewhere else and, you know, having a kind of a shared yeah. experience with offsite food. Yeah, I know. It's, it's going to be really fascinating. I, I, I just, I really wonder, because I, you know, we talked, I talked with Andy a lot on, on the watch the other day about how you can track the sort of different culinary trends over the course of seasons of Top Chef and yeah. to see how one thing might be outre in season six, but becomes almost common practice in season 16. Uh, you you got to anticipate that something is transformational is what we're going through right now will have a profound impact on how people prepare and eat food. I, I'm just looking forward to eating it, going through this experience with with all my uh, friends and loved ones like you, yeah. and we'll just talk about it. You know, yeah. we'll just encounter it and we'll talk about it and and share it. Well, speaking of sharing, can we can we go ahead and see what you have in the yeah. kitchen right now? I'll switch over to my phone. One second. I'll be right back. All right. We're looking at the fridge. Here we go. Okay. So I would say right now, we're, we're not running low, but we're running at a point where I may have given up organizing the fridge a little bit. <laughs> Usually the top shelf is a little bit of a beverage center. We've got a couple Mountain Valleys, a couple Gatorades, just in case we have a little too much Rolling Rock the night before. And yeah. one thing we got a lot of here right now is like I was saying, we've got the big cheese. This we get from home state. You can put it on tacos. You can put it on pretty much anything, your scrambled eggs or whatever. It's shredded what cheddar. What is it? Is it's it, shredded cheddar from over. It's just home shredded state. cheddar. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, I got a lot of dips because what I'll often do is come back here and throughout the day, just kind of like grab a little something quick bite, 1130, 230, whatever, even into the evening, just to keep my, my energy up and to just, yes. just grab a quick snack. Got yes. some burger fixings in here. What else we got? Some ginger, some impossible burger patties. And then you start to get down into the beer aisle uh, right around here. <laughs> Very good. Miners, Modellos and olives. I got a couple of hot sauces over here. So yeah. And then over here, kind of more in the, in the pantry part, these are the tortillas I was talking about. Oh, Just beautiful. Let those ride. And then we have a pretty well-stocked pantry with some grains, pastas, a lot of potato chips. Yes, got to have them. Got to be Lay's too. Yeah, and that's about it. Uh, it, it it's, a, it's a beautiful look. Now, I'm interested. Let's, um, I'm going to let you go in a minute, but I want to hear about the Impossible Burger because I, I have uh, not fully embraced it. And, and that's only, for, only because I just haven't, you know, um, been found the right inspiration for it. So, so I'm basically a, doing impossible smash burgers, you know, like I'm doing basically yeah. King's Hawaiian and the patty. And then I go craft American cheese singles. Any caramelized onion, any egg, any bacon, like how are you dressing it up? I try, I go on a modified smokehouse burger route. So I'll do, I'll, I'll, I'll cook up some, uh, some mushrooms and mm. maybe do a little bit of bacon sometimes, sometimes fake bacon. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Smash it down on a cast iron skillet. It takes like three, four, five minutes to do. I've, I've gotten used to the slightly non meat flavor, meat flavor of it. And yeah, that's, that's how we do it. And then, um, throw a pickle down there. And then the big thing really for me also is obviously I told this to Steve, but can I show you one more thing? Please. I am. I'm dying for it. 
Okay, so all this cooking and stuff like that. Okay, big I'm cabinet. Ready. Oh my god! I had no idea that we were going to get a, a double dose of liquor cabinets today. We we were we had the chief Craig Gaines on, and yeah. he showed us his his liquor setup. Now he has a lot of beautiful bottles in a nice piece of furniture, but Chris Ryan, this is a different thing altogether. This was a wedding present for me and my wife. You're going to have this for the rest of your life. <laughs> we we have, we will. And it's right magical. Now, the, the number one draft pick, the Wani Dixon of my 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 liquor cabinet, <laughs> is Averna. Oh, let's hear it. It's a it's an Italian like Amaro. Amaro, I okay. Through Alex Delaney at Bon Appetit had a drink for this, and it's basically you go Averna. Two ounces of Averna, three ounces of soda, squeeze a lemon in there, put the lemon rind in, and it's like basically a tart Coca-Cola on the rocks. And it is perfect before or after meals. It's called a little ripper. A little ripper. Yeah. I, I, I don't think we're going to do any better than ending this with a little ripper. I'm hoping it's at, we're uh, at the appropriate time in your afternoon where you can go ahead and enjoy. Make your first little ripper of the day. Yeah, we're, we're, we're like 65 minutes out from that being appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited. Chris Ryan, uh, thanks for taking us into your kitchen. That beautiful liquor cabinet. I've got to process that for a little while. I have a lot more questions, but I'll, we'll save it for the next time we're together. Uh, healthy and safe. Uh, all, all the best, and thanks for coming on today. taste buds the rigor pantry party is rolling along up next a beloved friend of the pod he is the copy chief for the ringer he is occasionally a a a travel correspondent for house of carbs and an occasional co-host on on food news craig Gaines, chief how are you buddy House, I'm good. It is extremely good to see your face. I'm loving the beard. You look fantastic. You're you, you're a sight for sore eyes, Chief. I'm working my uh, my best Jay Peterman angle right now. I'm trying <laughs> to go full full Jay Peterman. I'm taking the glasses off. I mean, it's, it's in this in this if we if we're all in this Q life moment trying to be, to be the best version of ourselves. I don't know if I can do better than Jay Peterman. You're you're killing it, honestly. So, uh, Chief, you know we've been having uh, various beloved Ringer friends and family on to talk about how they're handling the food situation um, from their homes, all the the the, the new found innovations in home cooking that they may have stumbled upon. Uh, you have volunteered something special for us today, and I'm eager to go down that special route with you. But before we go into into your special cabinet, I do want to um, get your input on how you've been eating. So um, I am extremely lucky. I've been eating very well, and that's all thanks to uh, my wife, who is the uh, the cook in in the relationship. You know, we've it, it's it's obviously been uh, somewhat of a challenge uh, for us, like like it has been for everyone else. But you know, all things considered, we're extremely lucky people. We um, both have our jobs and our health, and we're resourceful. And living in a place like Los Angeles, LA really mobilized very quickly to afford 
different options. You know, like the grocery stores are still open, but they're not always the most pleasant places to go to. Um, a lot of, I'm sure you've heard about this, a lot of cafes, a lot of coffee shops, <clears throat> a lot of small shops have kind of very quickly turned into like provisions shops. And you can very easily online put together orders. Um, we really miss the Hollywood Farmer's Market. We have not been going to that, obviously. It was shut down. Um, but some of our favorite um, farms from that farmer's market, they um, have boxes that you can pick up uh, from some of these places. And so um, we've done that. And um, the boxes have been quite ample. They, 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 they really cram a lot in because, you know, California agriculture never stops. And these farms need to find places for all of this produce to go. And so, um, you know, between that, between um, some, uh, some strategic um, uh, trips to various other grocery stores, there's a great Korean market right down the street from us that, uh, that my wife hit the other day. Between all of that, we've been uh, just fine. I will tell you, I have never done so many dishes in my entire life. We do not have a dishwasher. Oh, uh, no. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, my. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's okay. so, so, so that's been rough. And so, you know, like you can tell like what day of the week it is. Cause this is the only way I can tell time anymore is the condition of the kitchen. If like, if there is a mountain of dishes that have stacked up, I'm like, it's probably Wednesday or Thursday because I've probably just sort of like crapped out on my dishwashing duties. And then around the weekend I get, I get like enough like energy again. And then going into the week, it's clean, and then we get right right back to it. But um, I know, well, that's the, the that's the rhythm of life kind of vibe that we're that we're all on right now. Um, I, I am interested in eating habits. So, are you guys cooking are, in the first place? Is it three meals a day, and have you always been a three meal a day kind of couple? And then you know, from there, how much are you cooking versus ordering? Cooking a lot more than ordering. Definitely three meals. Um, I am. I don't understand people who say that it, that they don't do breakfast. Like if I don't have breakfast, I basically don't make it to like ten thirty. Um, so um, you know, like the it, the 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 meals themselves have not markedly changed. I would say that dinner maybe has gotten a little simpler. Um, you know, there's just sort of like not quite the energy seven days a week to make like extravagant dinners. But, um, you know, like some, like some, I'll tell you one thing that's been very helpful in this time is we have a butcher shop, not too far from us. Like a sausage is just a very easy bit of protein that you can uh, accompany with, um, like a good, like vegetarian meal and you're all set. Um, but yes, definitely three squares, uh, still, um, have to keep up that, you know, that routine or else you have no idea like what's, what's going on. And you lose touch with civilization. I mean, that's exactly right. I love that. You know, it's, it is a great good fortune for you and your wife to be proximate to a butcher shop. Um, because right, that, that means you really have, uh, virtually every option in terms of, 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 of protein and you can buy it in the amounts that are right for, for the two of you. Um, you know, and, and you're not confronted with, you know, this freezer life uh, kind of experience that a lot of us are confronted with and by. And, you know, now that the news of potential supply chain disruption, 
Um, and, you know, coupled with the news of, of farmers having, you know, uh, produce that is going bad because of disruptions to, to supply chain, you know, we, we hopefully, uh, I saw in the news today, the president is, uh, going to issue an executive order, you know, fingers crossed that produces some kind of, um, path forward for addressing that because, you know, the, the, one of the biggest things I, you, you've, I've observed, and I'm not going to take this too far down a food news kind of component. We can save that, but you know, the, um, uh, phenomena of folks at food banks because of, you know, the, 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 the stark disruption to, to, you know, the ability to generate money and go to the store and buy food and, and the supplements that those food banks represent, which is why I'm super proud of and, and, you know, happy with the, the partnership that the ringer and world central kitchen, um, is going through. But, you know, in the sense that you described, you know, the produce boxes, that is an option everywhere. You just have to have to be, you know, able to kind of drill down and, and go through the exercise of ordering it up. And, 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 and be a little resourceful too, because in those boxes, you're going to get the hits. And then there's always going to be a few things that you maybe don't normally cook with. Um, and so, you know, for people who maybe um, don't cook at home as much. Maybe this is a new thing for them. This is just the time to experiment with that. You know, you have the time. There are a billion recipes online these days. There are great cookbooks um, all over the place. I know they're a little harder to get right now, but a lot of them are still available online. And, um, you know, you can really like um, discover uh, some new options these days. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, like not, not wasting is just such an important thing to do right now. Right. That's, I mean, you, I liked the observation you made about having encountering fancy dinner fatigue kind of, uh, early on. Um, but that really does drive you in, in terms of the innovation that you're talking about. If you, you can get one thing that, you know, you like, that's a trusted tried and true and pair it with something that you haven't tried before and keep it a simple meal and keep it, you know, uh, um, you know, be, have, be conscious about the quantity and, you know, whether there's going to be leftovers or whatever and, you know, innovate that way. I think that's, that's, uh, uh, you know, perfectly sensible approach to it. So chief, we've been, uh, fortunate. A lot of folks have been very, uh, gracious and generous with letting us into their, uh, their homes and showing us what their food situation is like. You popped up behind the scenes and said, hey, my food scene is great, but what about a little tour of the liquor cabinet? And and you you know me, Chief. Like, you you you, you had me at lick. I mean, you, you, you didn't have to, you don't have to go any further than that. It was a strong yes. Let's take a look at this thing. Let's do this. So when this whole, the whole thing started, you know, I said, we have this closet in our dining room so that I've been meaning to like, you know, oh, I, now I finally have the time. I'm really going to like, just clean this thing out. But then I looked at the liquor cabinet and I was like, this is something that also needs some work and this would be a lot more fun. So let's dive in here. The, the, the cabinet itself is a oh, very handsome, uh, modest thing. Yes. Ja I see some Japanese whiskey in there. Japanese whiskeys here. Um, I've made a couple of very nice highballs. Uh, yeah. recently. And I will say my preferred 
bubbly with a with a highball Topo Chico. Oh, it's really nice. What, where is it? Where are you getting that? You can get Topo Chico here at a few different grocery stores. Actually, you can get them at Whole Foods, and uh, I believe that we got these at there's a there's a local um, grocery store called Bristol Farms. Uh, we we yeah. oh actually Ralph's no e- even easier you can get the Topo Chico at Ralph's Topo Chico and a uh, and a Japanese whiskey paired together perfectly especially like on a, it, it's starting to heat up so there's been also a little bit of a there's been a little bit of a uh, evolution in what I've been drinking when it was colder I was doing more old fashions now that it's getting warmer I'm going more to Highballs. I've, I've thrown some Negronis into the mix. There have definitely been a lot of martinis. Yeah. So, uh, so we have like so the Japanese whiskeys here at the front. This is this is a very nice bottle of bourbon. This Willets that I've been great sipping bourbon. You know, just put it in a tumbler, a few drops of water, you're set. And it's in a, a, in a an extravagant bottle. I, I ha- I've seen Willets in regular kind of whiskey bottles. Why why that special bottle? Do you think this this was another gift? I, I so uh, I turned forty a few years ago. You, you learn a lot by the gifts that your friends give you. They all gave me booze, so you know I'll just let you like extrapolate from that what you will. But so this was this was a gift and. Very fun to, to to pour, sort of like nice right. nice weight transfer there. <laughs> Absolutely, we have some nice sort of like workmanlike bottles of scotch here in the back. Yeah, uh, some the Woodford uh, is really nice for um, for for the old fashioned. What do you got there? That's Woodford. I got a little Woodford myself. We can cheers each other. Exactly, it's delicious. These two, there is a uh, distiller that really just doesn't exist anymore. It was called Delaware Phoenix. We discovered these uh, when my wife was in grad school in New York, and we were on a trip uh, upstate. This rye whiskey is maybe my favorite favorite bottle of spirit, and I it's at the point now where you really cannot find these anymore. So I basically I drink it maybe like a couple times a year. I'm really going to nurse this bottle as long as I can. The corn whiskey is a is is a fun. Um, it's a fun experiment uh, to dip into every once in a while. It really, it, it, it tastes exactly like it says. It's like a whiskey, but it's, it's much more, much more corn-based. Like it's, you know, like bourbon is corn-based, but it's a pretty corny whiskey. Very tasty. And the purveyor is Denver Phoenix? Delaware Phoenix. Delaware Phoenix. I knew it began I don't with think D. that they're in business anymore. If you ever find any of their bottles online, doesn't matter okay. what the spirit is. She was a genius, the woman who did that. So let's see, going back, we have a couple of bottles of Irish whiskey, which... The Tullamore Dew, transportive. You need to cry into your drink. Irish whiskey yeah. is always always a good good option. Tangeray here, which is um, really just sort of like my like go-to everyday gin. I love a martini with Tangeray. Dry as a bone. Delicious. Right, we got some Plymouth Navy Strength. Got to be careful with the Navy Strength. There's Navy Strength for a reason. It will very much knock you on your ass, but it's an extremely bracing, crisp gin. Very good in a, in a cocktail. I use that for something called a Vesper. Have you ever had a Vesper? I'm not sure that I have. I, I'm thrilled to see the Plymouth Gin. I've, that has been my drink of choice this, this early part of, of 2020, but I'm not sure that I've encountered Navy strength. Maybe I need to, to up my game. Yeah. Tell me about the Vesper. Right. So the Vesper is 
kind of a supercharged martini because it's it's a it has all the ingredients of a martini uh, as well as a uh, a nice dose of vodka. Um, so it's an extremely spirit forward drink, and um, you want the Navy Strength Gin, my understanding, so that it will still like stand up to everything else that's in that's in the drink. Um, I made these for uh, Christmas uh, one year um, before dinner, and we were very. Let's just say it was a, it was good that dinner very quickly followed those drinks because uh, we all would have been on the floor uh, otherwise. And then at the end here, kind of the the grab bag, we have a really nice um, amaro. Uh, we have some some rums and some brandies in the back. I also fall prey to the um, allure of Stanley Tucci, and I've been making quite a few Negronis. Thank you, uh, Tucci. This guy right here, this is an extremely experimental uh, bottle of uh, liquor. It's called Bandit Blend, and the grain is barley, and and there's some smoked koji. Oh, yeah, it's made in Denmark by, by one of the chefs from Noma. It's a fascinating drink. I'm not going to... Lo- to say that it is my favorite bottle of liquor. But that's the thing about, about spirits is that a lot of it is about discovery and kind of like discovering different parts of your palate. And this one definitely opened up uh, new parts of my palate that I didn't know I had. Didn't know that I always wanted to have, but... What's it taste like? Kind of briny, kind of vegetal. There's, if I remember correctly, there's you are probably not going to love this tasting note. There's a little bit of a kelp vibe to it, I would say. It's, it, it's, I'm glad I have it because it's an interesting... It's not something that I'm going to really sort of like lean into uh, for fun. Do you have in your, uh, in your own taste notes, in your, in, in your head and in your mouth, uh, a view of what barley tastes like? I guess I don't know squarely what barley itself tastes like. I just feel like it's in like so many other things that I consume, right? Right. Uh, the only reason I ask that is because I wonder if that's what your brain substitutes into this um, drink when you're drinking it. Uh, and I imagine you're taking it neat, right? Yes. We have actually, that's one of the, that's been one of the fun questions about this thing is what do we do with this? Because they, 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 they're, they're, there's not a lot of literature out there about it. We've tried on the rocks. We've tried it neat with a few drops of water. We have a friend who is um, very much a cocktailian, and she said, try making a version of a martini out of it. Um, So we'll keep experimenting with it. I feel like if we get it right, it could pair very nicely with some sort of like sushi dinner. Oh, okay. But but we just kind of have to figure out what is the best expression for that. And what's the name of it? Bandit Blend. And I think the maker is Empirical Spirits. Bandit Blend. I'm going to look it up. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm super intrigued. I, I, it's not often that we get a, a mystery bottle. And, you know, with the, with the prominence of, of Denmark and Noma, uh, you know, that, that speaks highly. My, my curiosity is peaked. And if you, I'm, I'm, I'm now intrigued by this idea that it might be a good sushi accompaniment because immediately my brain goes to sake. Uh, and, and, and if you're, if we're in that class, then it's something that I think I might be able to get behind. Yeah. Well, listen, if you ever get uh, your hands on a bottle, please let me know what you think. And if we ever happen to, um, cross paths in LA, one of these days, and I have some warn some warning. I'll bring this bottle with me, and we'll uh, we'll we'll do a tasting session on our own. 
Well, we'll we'll do that deliberately. I'll let you know the next time I'm able to get out to the West Coast. We're all hoping and rooting for it to be much sooner rather than much later. Absolutely. And uh, we will make sure we'll we'll sit down and do a little food news, maybe uh, and talk about you know uh, eating great in the free world again, um, the non Q life world, because uh, you know we'll have the virus behind us and we'll we'll toast with a little bandit blend together. Sounds great, Chief. Always a pleasure. Thanks for joining us in the pantry party. It's a beautiful liquor cabinet. Stay safe. Stay healthy. We'll talk to you again soon. You too, House. Stay well and cheers to you and all yours. Thanks, buddy. All right, Taste Buds. Now on the line and live from his kitchen in Los Angeles, California. He's a friend of the ringer and the star of the Take Hunter franchise, Tyler Parker. What is happening? Yo, how? Good to see your face, man. How are you doing? I'm. I, it's good to see your face as well. Now, uh, Tyler, speaking of your face, there's a lot less facial hair on there than I anticipated. What's going on? Hey, man, I'm listening to the CDC. They're out here telling me to get rid of that beard, and that's what I'm doing, man. You know, I'm giving giving the people the stash, trying to go back to, you know, the way things were in the Take Hunter days, just trying <laughs> to keep the face as clean as possible. Now, is that true CDC guidance? Because I'm, I'm, I'm violating it. I've been letting it go. Honestly, honestly, I don't know if it was CDC, but early on in the, like, whenever they were like, yeah, we might have to maybe, like, stay at home for a little while before, like, back when it was, like, back. People yeah. were like, yeah, you got to get rid of a beard because the, the, it can, like, live in there. Oh, no. I, but, uh, I don't, but, that, but that might be that might be stupid people talking loud. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I, I have no idea. Well, I, I had no idea that I was living dangerously. I, I furloughed my razor. I took that razor and put it right on furlough. <laughs> Not essential. Uh, yeah, non-essential. Your, your kids, on the other hand, are essential. And I know you've got yes. a couple little ones in there. And I want to hear about what you're doing to keep them in the first place alive and then the second place well-fed. I mean, yeah, we got a, we got a, we got two little girls. We got a three-year-old, and then we got an eight-month-old. The three-year-old is very much in the three-nager stage of things right now. <laughs> so, like, it's a it's a lot of like, Daddy, I don't want to talk to you right now. You know what I mean? It's a lot of that sort of stuff. And she's like, she's she's handling her business, so she's fine. You know, we're in the house all day. Like, we take we take a couple walks a day, and then we're just in the house and like playing, doing puzzles or Play-Doh or painting or coloring or whatever. Of course. So, so before this, this Q life moment that you, that were occupying, what was the rhythm to, to getting the girls fed and getting yourselves fed? How, how'd you all go about your day? I mean, my, like my wife and I both work. And so like we had childcare and so it's, you know, we wake up in the morning and we get breakfast ready and then we're, you know, off to work and handling that. And then we get back for dinner and then we fix some dinner and then, you know, it was, and now it's an all day affair. There's been a, a lot of quesadillas, oh. a lot of grilled, a lot of grilled cheese, a lot of chicken, like frozen chicken nuggets, you know, like put several grilled breasts, chicken breasts on the grill, get those, get like six of them ready at a time and start cutting them up for, for dinner and stuff like that. The, the the youngest one is on like you know she's eating baby food you right know, she's of like she's just 
she's kind of just now transitioned into some solids and stuff. So it's a lot of like zucchini and pear mixed <laughs> with mango, mixed with whatever else, you know, that kind of stuff. But the, the, yeah, it's like a, a lot of bread and cheese. The, the baby food life, of course, that makes sense. How, how, what's changed in terms of your own uh, eating habits, the rhythm to, to how you go about getting yourself fed during the day? Man, I like ate out a lot. Me too. Like pretty much every day for lunch, I was getting something from somewhere. Rarely was I eating at the house for that. And then for dinner, a lot of times we we would cook some, but there would be a lot of times where we would eat out because like by the time you get both of them down, you're exhausted and nobody wants to cook. And so you're just like, let's hit up blaze or whatever, you know? Yeah. It's like, you know, now we're doing a lot more, a lot of chicken and rice bowls, you know? microwavable rice bags, that sort of thing that, you know, it's, it's, it's all, it's, you know, we're, we're handling it fine, but we're not, we're not eating like superstars. These people that I see that are like taking their time and crafting these unbelievable three course meals, I envy them. And, you know, may they never have children because that will all die. That that's exactly right. That that's precisly the point The The, 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 there is a stark, difference that we are seeing here in, in the social media and otherwise between the kid havers and the non-kid havers in terms of how we're eating in this Q life moment, right? The conversations that I have with my non-kid friends are, wait, you've watched how many movies? <laughs> that sounds awesome compared to the conversations that I have with my friends that have kids, which is like, hey, screw all these people that are acting like they're having a hard time staying at the house right now. I'm, I, we're, we're in it. We're neck deep from five thirty in the morning until the three-year-old decides it's time to go down. That's you know? right. Do you, 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 you have a kid, right? Yeah. I have a nine-year-old. What, what's that like? Like what, well, like what is he, is, you can kind of like let him go to his room and like chill for a little while by himself, I guess. Yeah, if we left him to his own devices, he would um, go through six bags of Cheetos, come downstairs for water, and be online playing Roblox and and Minecraft, these uh, like role-playing kind of right. games, for 14 hours. We, we, we have to go grab him physically by the ankles, at least I do, and drag him outside, yeah. you know, just, just to see a tree once a day. I will say that, like, Another another big discrepancy, like, you know, it's the like people that have kids and the people that don't, but it's also the people that have kids that are like at like school age, but yeah. like elementary school age where they're like still having in some cases still having like they're having like my friends are having to learn like how to do like basic math again so they can teach <laughs> their kids. You know what I mean? And I, like I like I am very glad that I'm not having to do that. You know what I mean? Like I'm you know, we're doing we brown have- bear, brown bear, what do you see? I, I know how to do that. <laughs> you can do that. We do have that yeah. challenge. We have distance learning in our lives here in the District of Columbia. God bless the DC public school system. Um, they have a terrific online offering. The problem is he doesn't like, what's he going to do? You sit down with them and say, oh, we have to do some assignments. Fortunately, they have them micro dosed. I mean, it it really is. This is like the, you know, the nine-year-old version of, of, uh, entry, entry gateway drugs for like a little edible, you know, tiny little bite here and there. (laughs) We just walk our way in. You're not going to notice that it's going to be subtextual. You're just going to sort of, you know, three hours later, you're going to be like, man, I had a really good three hours just now. (laughs) 
that's that's what we're that's what I'm talking about. We take their their tiny victories too. That's all we're looking for. We're looking for for tiny Dude, victories. All, it's like it's like hour to hour. It's like okay, we got to 11 a.m. now. All right, now we we make it to lunch. We got to walk after lunch. They're both gonna nap. That's like two hours where it's just I just get to be in my head. Bliss, bliss. I have an important question. Do you still have time for cocktail hour? That's an important hour. Yes and no. The cocktail hour is is now mixed in with the kids' dinner. My, you know, my wife is maybe you know a glass of red somewhere. If it's been a hell of a day, maybe the bourbon gets broken out. You know, we'll see. I myself am a beer man. Dire straits right now. We're not gonna get. We're not gonna have a bunch of fancy stuff lying around. Once we get them down. We're like taking our time with dinner and like turning on Shit's Creek, trying to not think about anything for a while. But it's like, you know, I mean, right now we're basically like we got enough energy for like a show, you know, <laughs> that is, at night, I, it's like an, it's an episode of a show. And then it's like, all right, it's nine. I think we should probably start thinking about going to bed. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about what's going down in the kitchen there in the Parker household. Now, now we we heard about chicken. We heard about rice. We got chicken nuggets. Let, chicken let's, nuggets. What do you want? You want to go? You want to go pantry or fridge first? Let's, let's your, go pantry your... first. Let's see what the staple items look like. Okay. We got three levels, but we're really only dealing with the first two. You know, the third <laughs> level is kind of for it's for special occasions. You know, it's too tall. So down here, first level. It's too. You know, it's fine for me, but yeah. nobody. You know, nobody else is gonna. You know, we keep the cereal up top. This is this. We keep the cereal close to God. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's where it belongs. That's what it's about. Yeah. No, I mean, it's basically like a lot of baby stuff. Yeah. Happy baby puffs. Good. These baby mum mums. Crucial. You know. Crucial. Strong recommend. Strong recommend from the Parker household. Can keep a <laughs> can keep an eight month old happy for minutes at a time. It's minutes. unbelievable. That's what we're um, talking about. Stealing minutes. The Lady Parker, Black Haga, big fan of Violet Crumble. This okay. is like, this is the good stuff. This is the good stuff for her. This is like, hey, we're going to make this last. But, you know, one every couple of nights, that sort of thing. I love it. This this will come back to later whenever you ask me what I've been doing to get through. But the uh -huh. rich toasted chips. Oh. This is the go-to This is the go to for me. This I don't know this the, item. This let's, like, let's do it now. Let's do this item. I don't know it. House, let's do it. And I'm going to go to one. And, I mean, you know, you see this one. This one's fresh. House. The simplest thing in the world right here, it's a cracker. You're yeah. looking at a cracker. Right. Nothing more, nothing less. A, a, a very, very salted cracker. But you know what? They're oven baked. Yeah. 55% less fat. I, I'm a simple man with a very uh, uncomplicated palate. Yes. And I like, the I like the original. I ride plain. Uh -huh. Some people, you know, they're going to do some, you know, sour cream and onion, whatever. There are, there are some other options. This is my, this and a sculpin, and I can like sort of start to get back to some sense of normalcy. You know what okay, I mean? Okay, that, that sounds like an adult meal. The Ritz toasted chips. That's what they're called. The best part about it, if you have self control, you know what you can do? You just leave them out for the day. You know what I mean? You're walking sure. around, come in the kitchen to wash your hands for the 12th time. Oh, look, the Ritz bag's here. Maybe I'll is grab two and I'll go, you know, pick up a kid. I don't know. If you're home all day, there's nothing wrong with grazing throughout the day. You're you're all every waking hour is inside those four walls. Why not have the food where you know readily available? The 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 crucial 
sustaining elements of, of your uh, diet right where you need them. Open, bag open as, on the counter. Preach, house. I mean, as, as a deeply stupid man myself, I can absolutely, I can convince myself that just snacking throughout the day and then kind of eliminating lunch because of that, that's, to me, that's making me a healthier person. You know what I mean? I'll tell you what, Tyler Parker, you look lean and mean right now, my brother. There, there's no Q-Life uh, extra baggage uh, showing up. Now, I don't know if that's because you're chasing the kids around or what, but the toasted chips and skulking are, are serving you well. You know what, man? I'm gonna eat out. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna dine out on that without actually dining out for a while, House. God bless you. You know. <laughs> Let's look in the fridge Let's real go. quick. It, it is never this clean. We cleaned it specifically for you, House. Wow. This is all for you. Not worthy. You know, I am not worthy. You know, I'm I'm due to uh to to don a mask and some gloves and go back to a grocery store here probably tomorrow. But uh, you know, we did we if 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 we can get it. This is the bread of the Parker house. You know, little, little Dave's killer bread action. 70 That's calories. It. We like to hold, we like the whole grain stuff here. The you gotta do it. Sculpin, this is, this is the grapefruit sculpin, not my preferred sculpin if I have the choice. Yeah. But you know what? It gets the job done. Absolutely. God. That's where we are. We're in get the job done mode right now. TP. We, I think we're, we're, we're I think we are one and the same. We got two, two, our hot sauce. We keep it out right here. Oh, you keep it out. Okay. You know, you don't put the hot sauce in the fridge. Out. I love it. We don't keep the hot sauce. We don't keep the hot sauce in the fridge. We just keep it out. You got to have easy access, man. You, yeah, can't be, you yeah. know, sometimes you don't want, sometimes opening a door is exhausting. Well, you, um, you know, it you makes know, it easier to get some of that uh, sriracha on your Ritz cracker. I have honestly never done that, but that might be something that we explore. I, I, I recommend it. I, I have Keep to tell going. you, you've you've got the basics covered. I'm impressed. I like there was a lot of diversity of color. There was some produce in there. We didn't have to talk about it. But you've got like the elements of keeping the most important part is keeping those little ones happy and healthy. You know, check that box. It's, you just like have to have a bunch of like snacks around, like to, like little thing, little things that seem like big treats, but they're not. You know what I mean? The dates. Oh, it's like you know what? That that's like that's like the like that's like the the trick dessert. You know what I mean? It's yes. Like, you, mommy, daddy, can I have some dessert? Yeah, sure. You've been you've been good today. You know what? You can have a couple dates. You know what I mean? And uh, it's like a treat, but that, and it shouldn't be, but it is. It is a treat, and all we're trying to do is survive from moment to moment, meal to meal. I like what you have going on there. Thanks for letting us into your house today, Tyler Parker. Dude, thanks for asking. Good to see another face and hear another voice, and glad you're doing all right, and just stay safe, dude. Stay, stay safe. Go ahead and grow out some facial hair. I, I think we're at the I'm point. Gonna, Go ahead. I, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to get, I'm going to get back to it. It's been nice to kind of, you know, change things up, but you know, the, h- home is home is where the beard is. Tyler Parker. Always a pleasure. We will see you again soon. Be safe, my friend. You're the man. All right, my hungry homies. There we go. The ringer pantry party. Round two is in the books. Thanks for coming along. Hopefully there was a couple interesting things in that conversation. My thanks to Chris and Tyler and the chief. We are back on a pretty regular schedule now here at House of Carbs. Next week, Brett Martin from GQ is coming on. He has done his best new restaurants in the United States. That is going up in the first week of May. 
in GQ magazine. Brett's coming on. We're going to talk about what went into it and how he anticipates things changing going forward. And then we have a bunch of fun uh, shows coming up that are, are planned. We have a lot of interesting people lined up. Let's all stay safe, stay sane, and stay hungry out there. Thanks, my hungry homies.